Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Peace in the Middle East has been a goal of countless people throughout the ages, And from the very beginning, President Donald Trump has said that he will bring peace to the Middle East. As conservative Christians, we've seen a lot of victories in this administration. That said, we know that we know that we know peace will only come to the Middle East when Jesus returns. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 14, 2019. Lawmakers from Russia, Iran, and Turkey are calling for Syria's territorial integrity to be preserved as remarks from Israel and the United States have renewed long-standing land disputes. This after President Trump had recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Now, what's the significance of this? The significance of this is the timing of this, such that it's in concert with the protests in Sudan calling for the removal of President Omar al-Bashir, who was forced from power by the military. Even more specific and significant, Russian support for the regime has now begun to attract international interest. Not just Sudan, but Libya. Add to this the developments in Libya, which some believe is on the brink of an all-out civil war that threatens to upend years of diplomatic efforts to reconcile two rival armed political factions. Now, it should come as no surprise that according to Al-Arabiya, Russia is warning against any foreign meddling in Libya. Do you want to know why? Because Ezekiel the prophet told us that they would. That Russia would be at the helm of this alliance with Turkey, Iran, Sudan, Libya, et al. At the time of the end, when they attack and invade Israel, and by the way, and we've talked about this many times, they will suffer a decimating defeat. Again, I want to ask this question, ask you a couple of questions. Okay, probably more than a couple of questions, but 
Where does the rapture fit into all of this? The rapture, I believe, will happen either prior to Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 38, or in concert with Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 38. And if that's the case, think this through, if that's the case, then wouldn't it stand to reason that that trumpet's about to sound? We see all of these things beginning to come to pass exactly as we were told they would. By the way, God does not want us to be ignorant when it comes to Bible prophecy. He wants us to know. He tells us, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the great I am. Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, when you see these things, keyword begin to happen. It should get your attention. When you see all of these things that I told you were going to happen, and now they're starting to happen, here's what you need to do. You need to look up, because your redemption draws ever so near. Here's another question. Why does this even matter? I mean, sometimes I'll ask myself, does the prophecy update that I'm preparing for Sunday wake people up when the alarm clock goes off on Monday? That's a good way to say it, and I didn't even need notes to say it that way. (laughs) In other words, why does this even matter to us? It matters for a number of very important reasons, not the least of which are the eternal ramifications of everything that we've looked at and talked about today. The time is at hand. And the end of all things draws ever so near. I don't think any of us, myself included, realize just how close the Lord's return is. I'm struck by one comment Jesus made. He said, Behold, I come at an hour you expect not. In other words, when you're really not expecting me to come, that's when I'm going to come. The implication is is that many are going to be caught off guard. We're going to be all caught up in our daily lives, our busy lives, the cares and the affairs of this life. And here he's at the door. And he's told us that this is what will mark that time, the time of the end, the last moments of world history as we know it. And it's happening. Today, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Ethiopia, Libya, they're all perfectly in place and at the ready in, of all places, Damascus, Syria. What are the statistical odds of those nations today at this time being aligned perfectly as we were told they would? There's another reason why this matters, and really why it's of 
paramount importance, and I, if you don't mind, would like to speak very personally. Knowing the Lord can return at any moment now is an encouragement to many a battle-weary Christian. It's my belief that as the Lord's return draws closer, the trials and the hardships of this life get much harder. I'm reminded of Revelation chapter 12, where we're told that Satan knows he has but a short time. He knows his time is short. Sadly, many a Christian don't realize just how short time really is. I don't know, I, when I inquire of the Lord as to why it is that it seems that life is getting harder <laughs> as His return draws nearer, I think that maybe it's the Lord's way of getting me to let go of this world, not my home, to ready me for when He takes me to my eternal home. Isn't it true that when things are hard and the trials are difficult and the suffering is great, doesn't it make you long (laughs) to go home? Conversely, when things are going well, it's kind of like, yay, things are good right now. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons for studying Bible prophecy and even teaching Bible prophecy, my answer would be, in a word, hope. Hope. In Titus 2, verse 13, the Lord's return is referred to as our blessed hope. Really, it's our only hope. This last week, as I was preparing today's update, The Lord ministered to me concerning this during my devotional time. It was really over a period of two days. Very powerful. I want to share it with you. It was in an obscure Old Testament book having to do with the prophet Micah, who had become very discouraged, even dismayed, and it was seemingly giving way to despair. And the reason why he was so down, so discouraged, becoming so hopeless, is because he was seeing all the evil around him, particularly amongst God's people there in Israel, the idolatry, the wickedness, the sinfulness. And he was so grieved, and he was grieved because he knew that God was going to judge, that the judgment of God was coming. But instead of giving in to despair, he turned to the Lord, putting his trust in the Lord, as he watched and waited in hope for the Lord. In Micah 7, verse 7, he writes, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait. I don't like to wait. I hate to wait. So do you. 
I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. And he goes on to talk about how he's in darkness. The darkness is getting darker seemingly by the moment. But God will bring light. He has that confidence, that faith in the Lord, that trust in the Lord, that this season of darkness will give way soon and very soon, one day, to his great God and Savior, whom he waits for in hope. That's what I want to encourage you with today, because it was that hope that transformed him. This last week I found myself just very grieved, very discouraged, very down, very battle-weary. I'm just being honest with you. I mean really down. (laughs) I hope you don't see me differently, but there's times where I just go into a fetal position. I can't even pray. It's just moans. I just grieve so. The world's getting so dark. People are so lost. And I know Jesus is coming. When I'm out and about, which isn't very often, I'll be out in the store, and I just watch people, and they're just... And I ask myself, are they saved? Because if they're not saved, they're not going to be taken up in the rapture. They're going to be left behind to go through the unspeakable horrors that are described for us during the seven-year tribulation. It's a heavy weight. And this was the weight that Micah was being crushed under. But it's when he, in a way, reminded himself that his hope is in the Lord as he waits for the Lord. And that's what the Lord did for me, is He just reminded me, hey, not much longer. Yeah, but Lord, how much longer? Not much longer. Yeah, but how much longer, Lord? I'm hanging on by a thread here. You might be here or watching online and you're really going through a very difficult thing. Just give me a couple minutes here, please. Maybe this is a word again for somebody here. And you're not really sure you're going to be able to make it through what you're going through. And the enemy's been right there all week, lying to you. You're believing the lies. He's lying to you, saying things like this to you. And you, you know exactly what I'm going to say. This is how it ends. You're not going to make it. God's not going to get you through this one. This is really bad. And we believe it. You understand that the enemy is all about taking us down, right? That's his sole goal. He's like this lion stalking his prey, waiting for the optimum time to attack and devour, steal, kill, and destroy. 
He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy you. He will stop at nothing and do everything he can. But God. But God. Hope in the Lord. Wait for the Lord. He will get you through whatever it is that you're going through. He has to. That's the hope that transformed Micah in all of his despair. I heard it said this way, Bible prophecy isn't for our information, it's for our transformation. It's not just for the sake of being in the know. That's not why we do these prophecy updates, so that we're in the know. This isn't just information, it's for our transformation. It's also for our motivation. Motivation to godliness personally. I think of John who says that the one who has this hope of his soon return, his appearing, the one who has that hope purifies himself, gets his affairs in order, gets serious, gets right. It's a motivation to godliness personally and evangelism boldly. And that's why we end the prophecy updates with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, which we're going to celebrate next week, by the way, Sunday, for Resurrection Sunday. No prophecy update. That's okay. You'll be okay. Wouldn't it be cool if the rapture happened on Resurrection Sunday? Okay. Anyway, so... (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Wow. That's the good news, that He rose again on the third day and that He's coming back again one day. It's also why we end with the ABCs of salvation. It's really a childlike, simple explanation of how to be saved. It's childlike, simple. There's nothing that you and I can do. It's already been done. It's finished. And it's ABC simple. All we have to do is A, admit or acknowledge that we've sinned against God and that we need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must all be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But, and here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 
9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen, And I want to say this first before I read this powerful verse. There might be somebody here in this church that I'm so privileged to pastor that today needs to recommit your life to the Lord. You've wandered away, you've strayed away, and the Lord's calling you back to Himself. You might be watching online, and it's no accident that you stumbled upon this video. You're wondering how you got here. We know how you got here. Maybe it's because today you need to come back to Him. He loves you. He misses you. He's not angry with you. There's no condemnation for you. He's waiting with open arms. Romans 10.13 says, All who call upon the name of the Lord will, will be saved. Once you all stand, and I want to, before we pray, humbly say that if you've never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, oh, how do I say this? What in the world are you waiting for? <laughs> do you see what is happening in the world? Why would you want to wait and take any chances with the most important decision you will ever make in your life for eternal life. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for the more sure word of prophecy. Thank you for telling us what is going to happen before it happens. So when we start seeing it happen, it'll wake us up to look up. That it will get the attention of those who don't know you, aren't right with you, and certainly aren't ready for you when you do return. Lord, I pray if there's anybody watching this online or here in this church, in this service, that has never called upon you, or maybe today needs to come back to you, I pray they would not leave this church until they do. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge 
of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.